Welcome to episode 11 of Thoughts with Peaches. I'm Peaches. Hi, Darren. So, this is going to be the second episode dedicated to my June Gay Pride series. And we're going to talk about something that's a little touchy. Um, I was inspired to do this subject by what's going on in the world today regarding the protests and rioting following the death of George Floyd. And also, a good friend of mine, Peter, posted something on social media that was very thought-provoking, that kind of made me think about the biases within the LGBT community as far as what spaces are available, who they're available for, and to, and in what capacity. Because he posed the question to several LGBT nightlife establishments why they had not posted anything regarding Black Lives Matter or the protests and things like that. He got varying responses. A lot of them were the bare minimum. Some of them were problematic, then later corrected. Some of them still haven't responded. So I figured I'd breach the topic overall of what keeps the LGBTQIA plus community separated. And first thing is all of those letters, we compartmentalize everybody because everybody feels like they need different things or want their visibility shown. And though it's an umbrella term, there's still different spokes that keep the umbrella canopy up. So as we go through this episode, I'm going to go through some of these bias and differences that we're putting out into the world and see if we can start a conversation with how to kind of mend the quilt a little bit and bring everybody together for a common goal. Now, I'm going to be very blunt with my opinions, as I always am, so please be warned before you listen to this. Don't come at me, don't come to me with any foolishness, hate, or ignorance, because I have the time, and I have no problem come debating you, conversing with you on social media, but just understand I'm going to be honest, and some of it's not going to be the most pleasant erosion sunshine, and some people think it's not appropriate to um, hold your own people accountable for some of their faults, but I think it is, and these things need to be brought in light so we can correct them and do better for ourselves, all right? Let's get started. Okay, so let's get started with one of the more obvious ones. As we're going into Pride season, what you would normally see is a lot of the rollouts of the Pride advertisements and party flyers and Pride guides and booklets like that. Over the years, I've noticed there's something consistent with all of these items. Normally, they're the same type of guys on all of these flyers and posters and then the pride guides. Or even when you have the parade and the march, the ones you see on the floats Mm -hmm. and things like that, working the street fairs and stuff. And they all have this similar, very pseudo-all-American, Abercrombie, super fit kind of... Um, non-threatening appearance. And these are also the same as Chris mentioned in the last episode, Hell's Kitchen Gays that's been three or four times a week in the gym and are always so pretty and are the ones everybody wants in all the pictures because of their aesthetic. And they are granted a pretty privilege to take up more space than others or be more welcome in spaces than others are. And it creates a divide between the LGBT community in itself because not everybody has that body type or those looks or goes tanning to get that right skin tone or complexion or has the perfectly coiffed hair with the Kiehl's products. 
And it creates like this echelon or level where it's the plastics, mean girl reference, and then everybody else falls behind some other category under them, and they're putting on this pedestal as though they are the epitome of what a gay man is in a sense visually so yes they're the ones who get the most visibility so when people see them that's immediately what they associate with the gay community and if you don't look like that people look at you strange or treat you differently because you don't fit the mold that they've seen and it's problematic because then businesses shape their business models around that and cater and pander to them and then everybody else is an afterthought. Then you have to create theme nights and things like that to accommodate other people. But your primary business is catering towards the ones that are the most palatable for everybody to see. Just because you're going the easy route. You don't want to see the diversity within a community of requesting diversity from others. You're going for the lowest common denominator of what is good optically for you and what is the majority quote-unquote of the population that you're looking for that can be seen as non-threatening and good for business then after the pretty ones you have the elite gays the ones with the money and the huge figured salaries and the private interior decorating firms and things like that who may not necessarily have the look to get in the door, but they can buy their way in the door. They go to all the galas and donate to all the charities and things like that. And it gives them a sense of entitlement that they run things. They can tell all the other gays what to do, or they can dictate how the gay world is supposed to move because they are the ones that provide the funding for it. And unfortunately, the society we live in, that's kind of the rules of the game, but it's trash because you leave so many more people out and don't give them an opportunity to contribute because they don't have the same money or the same access that you do because of your money. So they're left out in the cold, sometimes literally. Um, you don't take the opportunity to reach back and bring them up with you because they don't have the right education or they don't have the right clothes. They don't look right in your eyes to represent your mission. And your bottom line is more important than supporting people like you, or you don't consider them like you because they don't, you're not that kind of gay, but you are, <laughs> you still take a dick in your ass or in your mouth. You're still climbing some dudes back trolling around on Grindr looking for somebody, you're no different. The only difference is you've had access and opportunities they were not afforded, which no one's faulting you for that, but it's how you use that access and opportunity. It's how you use that money that you've acquired instead of using it and weaponizing it to make people feel bad and throwing it back in their face. You sit around and drink your martinis and you only drink the top shelf single rye, single malt whiskey you look down at the person who may come in there and they can only get a well vodka soda. And you think of them as less than you, but that is your brother in this fight. They are still a member of the LGBT community. You can't look down your nose at them just because they don't have the same zero, number zeros on their bank account. It just makes you look bad. And it makes us look bad because we are not unified because we use trivial, materialistic things to divide us when... That money you have, you're, you don't, you can't 
need all of that money. You could do something far more productive, contribute to a cause, and so contribute your time, which is far more valuable than my people seeing you accept your place next to them is far more valuable than any money you could possibly give or have. So after the looks and the money, then you have the battle of the butch and the femme. People look upon feminine gay men as though we're the comic relief or like the sassy sidekick of the situation and the masculine men who can pass in heteronormative society as the template for what we should um, find ourselves to be. And there's multiple levels to this issue. There's a safety issue, whereas if you can blend in with straight society, you're less likely to be targeted and treated differently. And I completely understand that to a certain extent. But then... There's a glorification of that where that is the epitome of male. That is the pentultimate version of a male that everybody's supposed to want. And then people forcibly force standards upon themselves and compromise their mental health to maintain that. Or conversely, they shun anybody that does not live up to that expectation. I've literally been told by people, I am too feminine for them to date me. And they shield it, hide that under preference, but there's a shame attached to your preference because what is it about me being feminine that bothers you? Because, for example, with any of my preferences, I can give you a detailed breakdown of why I have that preference. I don't just say, well, that's just what I like. That's a cop-out. There's more to it than that. And if you are engaging someone in some kind of discourse or conversation, you should be honest enough to tell them that reasoning because <clears throat> that's like ordering food and sending it back and saying oh this is nasty they ask you well what was nasty about it? i don't know it's just nasty that doesn't solve the problem what are you what what about them shames you are you worried that people are going to draw attention too much attention to you in the streets because you're scared of that happening okay that is a valid concern say that or you're not securing your own masculinity and someone like that coming around will throw off your energy Cool, say that. You're not attracted to femininity. You're more attracted to a traditional masculine form for whatever reason. But don't just leave it at, I'm not, I don't do femme. You go through a profile and says, no fats, no femmes, no Asians. It's just like, what, why are you alienating somebody? You may meet somebody and they could be the best person in the world. And just because they walk with a switch or they have their nails properly and cleanly manicured every week, all of a sudden they're a leper. They're tarnished in your eyes because they're a little bit more delicate acting than you are. Or they have a little bit more sass in their step. Now, here's an interesting one because obviously within the lgbtqia plus community there is the l and the t we're talking about our lesbians and our transgender um siblings and i'm going to speak specifically to the femme presenting members of um those two communities as there's a level of misogyny and trans misogyny that gay men seem to possess that baffles me because trans women started the movement specifically trans women of color started the movement that gave us a lot of the rights we have today. And a lot of lesbians contributed to that very strongly as far as the organization and operation of things like the original GMHC office and a lot of the um, protests and things from San Francisco all the way to New York. So this whole alienation and like he-man woman-hater club mentality that a lot of gay men have 
makes no sense because these are people that are part of our community. They have contributed to where we are today. We need to band together with them. We need to create and allow them space within spaces that are supposed to be created for the LGBT community and not have this whole man forward thing. My sister is a lesbian and she comes to clubs with me and even clubs I've run and I try my best to make it a welcoming environment, but just because of circumstances, they're all male forward. There's male staff, male dancers, male security, a lot of times a male DJ, and spaces for women are not readily available or accessible or have the same amenities that a lot of the spaces that offer men are. Or when they do do events, they're one-offs or monthly events, or they they have one or two solid places that are consistency for them. Then you have women of trans experience who are only usually accepted if they are passable to some extent. And that, that's a whole political thing with passability politics about them fitting the optics of what people want. Because you don't want to draw attention. God forbid the girls come in and the girl doesn't have her transition fully together and things of that nature. Then she's ostracized and ridiculed. While the girl who has had the money and whatever means she needed to get it has done everything she needed to do to keep her aesthetic a certain way. And she is glorified as a goddess, which rightfully so she is but every trans life is valid it's not just a matter of if they look fishy or they look sickening even if she just has a wig and a 10 spot dress on if she identifies as trans she is living her genuine truth and honest life she deserves the same space as everybody else does just like the girls do this one is a little complicated because it is a double-edged sword to a certain extent um, we have to address our straight allies and they are key and imperative because they are our way into the system a lot of the times and they are the ones who have access to things and support that we do not or we need their support just so we have extra hands speaking for us so it doesn't become a solely gay agenda as they call it. People can speak from common sense and experience. Now, I've insta- I've had instances a lot of times, especially managing LGBT nightlife and um, hospitality spaces where people question the presence of heterosexual people there saying they have their own bars, why are they here, and et cetera, and so forth. And my answer has always been, as long as you're here, have a good time, be respectful, and spend money to keep this place open, they are always welcome. Now, obviously, it becomes problematic when they don't respect the space and the... Um, occupancy of the people who are there as far as understanding these are LGBT spaces and you have to respect the culture of the people who are present. But I've literally seen guys viciously, verbally, and to some extent physically attack straight people because they don't they feel like they're encroaching on their space because of whatever trauma they have not unpacked from their own life experiences. That's not fair. You can't target people for something they did not do. You cannot attack someone for a trauma they did not cause you directly. And specifically with like straight girls, for example, the the animosity I've seen of some gay men directed at straight women. And I have straight female friends that I invite out all the time. And I swear, any of you queens fuck with any of them for 
any reason that they did not provoke, we're going to have a problem. Because these are the same girls that hung out with you in high school. And when you first came out, they were the first ones that accepted you. And then all of a sudden, well, now that I'm out and I'm well-adjusted, I don't need them anymore. That's not how this works. That is not fair. That is not productive. The more we can integrate them and show them who we are and what we're about, the better off we'll be because then we can guide them and teach them and help them understand that, yes, you're welcome in this space, but you have to respect that this is our space. This is something for us. You are an observer and a visitor. Um, perfect example of that is the House of Yes does their um, Vogue, um, their House of Vogue, and they have a great disclaimer on their website about boundaries and house an educational space and consent to let people know what they're walking into. It's simple as that. It's a simple conversation to set those boundaries so people respect the space they're coming into. So this goes out to a lot of my younger LGBTQIA plus members. Stop disrespecting your elders. They are the people that paved the way so you could have the freedoms and the rights and the privileges to sashay, saunter, wear eyeshadow, beat your face, wear heels with capris, and buy your little outfit from ASOS or Fashion Nova and go to whatever brunch you're going to. These are the people that some of them fought, got beat up. Some of them you haven't even met because they died on your behalf so that you could be the fairy that you are. Don't go to clubs and make fun of them or say nasty. Why are they here? Isn't it past their bedtime? And they ain't bothering you. Leave them be. If they approach you and you're not interested, as long as they're respectful, please be respectful. There's no reason to be catty and snarky and cunty. Again, no one likes to cunt. You could learn so many things from these people. So much knowledge can be passed on. So much reverence you could find out some stuff you never knew but you're too busy worrying oh my god he's 45 and he doesn't look like a daddy oh shut up because guess what that could and will be you one day because karma is a good friend of mine she likes to fuck with people who fuck with other people these people have lived experiences we will never experience they've had certain freedoms that we will never know They've had struggles that some of us may never know. These are going to be the people that lived through the height of the HIV and AIDS epidemic. These are going to be some of the people that have still survived and witnessed the immediate aftermath of Stonewall. These are going to be some of the people who lived through the eras of disco, funk, and the 80s, and all those mega nightclubs like the Roxy, the Blime, like the Palladium, and things like that. So much history and knowledge can be passed along that you're missing out on because you're worried about how old they are. Get over it. Because guess what? You They may know something, or even better, they may have a connection to somebody that could change your life, and you're missing out on that because you're too busy worrying about how much gray hair they have on their head. Or you're trying to roll them into your sugar daddy or sugar mama or whatever it is instead of really making a connection. Get over yourselves. We all age. It's going to happen. Regardless of how much Botox, surgery, gym membership, steroids, or whatever you use, it happens to all of us. So why not learn as much as you can so when you get to that point, you can pass it along and keep us ahead of the game. Now, this one is a little bit tricky because a lot of people still have problematic behavior. 
but they hide it better now because it's a topic of discussion because of the advent of PrEP. And I'm talking about the HIV stigma. Um, I am HIV positive myself. I have been since 2011. And I've experienced some of this myself where people have either looked past me or verbally said to me they would not date me because I was positive. I literally had a guy say he would not date me because he did not want somebody that had a potential of dying in his arms. And I understand where that is coming from, but we all need to grow up and have a certain level of maturity now. Um, it's no longer a death sentence for the most part. There are treatments that can keep people alive and undetectable so you can't pass it along to your partner. They still recommend safer sex practices. That's a personal choice. I understand that. But there's choices and options available. There's not, there's no need for that level of fear. And even with the advent of PrEP, people are still running around status shaming people or returning back to, we'll talk about the pretty privilege and the elite gaze with the money again, um, that your acceptance with your status is circumstantial on one of those two, if not both of those things. Again, the stigma is not healthy. Educate yourself and learn something. You, again, may miss out on an opportunity of getting to know somebody that's an amazing person because you're scared and not scared of the disease. You're scared of having to learn something new and find something out and realizing you may have to change your life a little bit. And it scares you. It makes you wonder if something's going to happen to you, something's going to happen to them. You're panicked on their behalf. Honestly, I'm going to be real. Most people who are positive take better care of themselves than people who are negative because we have to. Are there going to be slip-ups and things like that? Sure. But there's ways and means around it now to get you the support and information you need so you live a healthy, functioning life, whether you are positive or you're dating somebody that's positive. They'll be happy to take you to a doctor or counselor and explain how everything works and go through the process so you have nothing to be afraid of. So please stop shaming people. Stop looking at or making profiles and defining your status as clean. Do you know how that sounds? Like people don't shower and stuff. Some people like that. Fine, whatever. But that shouldn't be what you use to define your status. So there will be no peach pit today because my last topic is my rant. Um, so as I discussed in the intro of this episode, my friend Peter did a social media call out for some LGBTQIA plus venues in New York regarding posting something for Black Lives Matter and things of that nature. Some of them replied, some of them reposted or posted something. Some of them have said nothing. And what Peter and I realized when talking, there's a, um, invisible wall within LGBT nightlife, and I feel like this is around the country for the most part, that they see color as something to be fetishized and monetized rather than um, accepted and integrated into their business models between the staff they hire, the performers they hire, the type of music they play, or how they train their dorm security staff to handle people. There have been multiple incidences of racial or color-based bias or discrimination or policies and procedures that hinder the progress of um, LGBTQIA plus people of color to really sink their teeth into the nightlife. 
and it's problematic. I am a gay black man. I have managed several different LGBTQIA plus venues and it seems like the switch didn't flip until I start working at a place for them to recognize um, brown and black skin people as proper clientele. And it's a matter of the visibility and the change of the energy and the atmosphere of the room that needs to be had. There's so many places that say, oh, don't play hip hop. We don't want that kind of crowd. What do you mean that kind of crowd? What are you trying to say? Please elaborate and say what you mean. Or you look at their staff and they'll host a urban night or a Latin night and they hire product placement bar staff or they don't have anybody that looks like the people coming in to spend their money. So they're good enough coming and give you their money, but you don't want to hire anybody that looks like them behind the bar or you only hire those people for that particular night. Or the entertainment they have, the go-go dancers they hire, they're happily to take um, dark skin, medium caramel skin, Latinos and African-Americans to dance at the bar and stuff, but that's all they're good for is a fetishization and sexualization and glorification of what kind of fantasy they can produce. Or even with drag performers, there's more bookings for the Caucasian or fairer skin performers than there are for the darker skin black and Latina performers. And it's not fair because they're just a good, if not better performers than some of these girls, but they don't get a fair shake because of an inherent unspoken bias that exists within um, LGBTQIA plus nightlife and spaces. And it's annoying and problematic because as much as we fight for equality for our total community, we don't even accept our total community. We're sitting there sitting and putting up barricades and saying things like, we don't want those kind of people or that kind of crowd or we don't make x y and z drink because we don't want that kind of people in here what are you trying to say that's just as bad as saying is the blacks only and the whites only section of the bus we need to do better if we're going to demand and ask for better from other people because now you're creating a divide perfect example if you go to atlanta they have their gay pride for the mainstream quote-unquote meaning the white marketed arena And then they have Atlanta Black Gay Pride for Labor Day weekend because black people and people of color felt underrepresented during the regular gay pride. So much so they had to create their own. Similar to New York, there's a whole separate Black Gay Pride weekend in New York because people felt underrepresented. But we will still go and march in protest saying we need to be accepted. We need gay rights. We need marriage equality. We need trans rights when we are still separating and alienating people within our own community. And that needs to change because we're getting rights for everyone. So we need to accept everyone wholly into the community together, united to make ourselves stronger.